I tell you, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord today, isn't it? Today, the, the sermon title is called Beyond Temptation. And temptation is a desire to do something, uh, especially something wrong or unwise. Um, if you guys go back, uh, Eve had the temptation of the apple. The apple wasn't a sin, but her disobeying by eating the apple was what the sin is. Uh, a lot of you probably got temptations today, and, and, and anyway, my goal is today is that, that we should be beyond our temptations, and our temptations shouldn't control us. They shouldn't rule in our life, and I think a lot of times that when life hits us pretty tough, uh, the temptations or the trials hit us pretty tough, we tend to back away from the Lord when we need to be pressing in even more, and when we do will experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before. And I wanted to also stress today, we get this myth going around thinking that, that uh, we're just not going to be tempted that much. I, I think the more you are into God, the more you're going to get tempted. Uh, I, I don't think temptation stops until you are with the Lord and it's done. But again, because we should be, on, be beyond temptation. Temptation doesn't rule us. But it's today I want you to think about some of your temptations. You know, one that I have is cheese balls. <laughs> this is one of my temptations. Uh, 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 my wife wants me on a diet, and, and, and we've been working on this diet, and, and cheese ball isn't the problem. Me eating all of them's the problem, you see? And, and she says I'm starting to look like a cheese ball. And so anyhow, uh, I'm trying to... Uh, to to not eat so much, and, and I've got a can, and my wife was really mad at me yesterday. Uh, uh, I had one at home that was only had about 10 cheese balls left, and, and she goes, why don't you use that for your example? And I said, it's got to be full, honey. And, and so it gave me another excuse to buy the cheese balls. But, but as we uh, think about that today, and I know we're laughing about it, but, but it's things that are, temptations are only a sin is when we do something God tells us not to. Uh, here, I'd like for you to have some cheese balls, but don't, don't eat them. There's a napkin there to wipe your fingers on. Does anybody want cheese balls? You guys don't like cheese balls? Over here. Oh, by the way, hi. How you doing? You want some cheese balls? Here. Yeah, they're fine. Just don't eat them. There's a napkin there that will wipe your fingers on, okay? But don't eat them. Does anybody else want cheese balls? You know, we want to have a cheese ball service here today, right? You know? Anybody else want cheese balls? You want cheese balls? Well, I don't know who had their hand up first. Here, but don't eat any. There's a napkin, though, if you need it. I'm going to be watching you guys all service to see who eats the cheese balls. So just so you know. But see, that temptation's out there. And, and I think a lot of times when we know we're not supposed to do something, it's even a bigger temptation. Uh, I don't know. I just threw that in there. But... Again, I think the Lord put this on my heart is I've just seen so many people change directions in the relationship with God because of trials and temptations, and it shouldn't change a thing. It should enforce us in who we are in God. It should cause us to, to rely on him more. And Paul describes uh, some temptation that the nation Israel went through and, and warns us to flee from these same things. And just like I'm, you know, messing around with the cheese balls, but actually I am trying to lose weight a little bit before I go to Albania. 
But Paul was warning us of things that, that, that Israelites were going on and, and that we battled the same things. And that's another point I'm going to make later on today, that nothing's new under the sun. Uh, and we're going to see that through the scripture, that Satan uses the same old tactics. And, and we just need to be faithful to the Lord. But let's go ahead and read 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 15. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud and moved ahead of them, and it moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized followers of Moses. All of them ate of the same spiritual food. All of them drank of the same spiritual water. Uh, Do you guys get that? All of them, we've said it five times now. Uh, Verse 5, yet God was not pleased with most of them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Or worship idols as some of them did. As the scripture says, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan rivalry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did, and then died for, from snake bites. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Did you guys get that? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So, my dear brothers, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I already read that. So, my dear brothers and friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourself if what I'm saying is true. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 21. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat from the Lord's table and the table of demons too. What? Do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than he is? Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, again, we just lift the word before you today and ask that that you minister to us through your word today. Uh, Lord, as I looked around the, the room earlier today and, and, and was praying over the people, Lord, you showed me lots of people are going through things. And, and Father, I know there's others that, are, that maybe have their minds on things and that are keeping them from thinking about this word today. And so, Lord, we just lift those things to you now. Lord, we just ask that you move in the situations in the lives of the people across the body. And Father, remind us that, that you are faithful and, Father, that you will bring us through anything that we're, that we're dealing with. Father, as we do that, Lord, we ask that we get our minds focused on you and this word today and what you want to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing I wanted to come out to today and, and, and help us to realize is that the temptations in, our, in your life are no different from what others experience. And, and we saw here right off that Paul said they were guided by a cloud. They, were, they all were walked through the sea on dry ground. They all were baptized. They all ate and drank from the same spirit, which was Christ. 
But guys, we are the same way. We are saved. We are baptized. We eat and drink the spiritual food of Christ. And Christ is with us. Again, nothing is new under the sun. Uh, Satan uses the same tactics, I believe, over and over. We just need to be to learn to be aware of these tactics. Uh, 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, and, and again, John's telling us what these temptations are. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but, uh, but is of this world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So John here, you know, towards the end of the New Testament is telling us the way Satan attacks us is through lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But John had experienced that all throughout his life, and, and he was, you know, just telling us that's the way Satan moves. But if you guys go clear back to the, the beginning of the Bible examples, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, it said, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the, the lust of the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So we say that, that towards the end of the Bible, and at the very beginning of the Bible, Satan uses the same tactics to lure us in, the believer, to try to draw us away, to tempt us away, to bring us away from Christ, when we need to be beyond these temptations and operating in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus, by example, again, went through these same temptations. And I've been kind of alluding to this off and on for quite some time, but, but last week we studied Matthew 4 and Luke 4. But verse 3 said, uh, uh, Satan said, Command these stones to become bread, which was the lust of flesh. And again, Christ stood against him. Satan said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, that down from this pillar. That was the pride of life. And then Satan showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. That was the lust of the eyes. So again, you see this all throughout the scripture. And then today we're reading that, that all of them went through this. All of them did this. All of them did that. All of them did this. And then again, warns of the same temptations. The temptation of idol worship in 1 Corinthians 10, 7 that we read about today was the lust of the eyes. The temptation of sexual immorality was the lust of the flesh. And the temptation to test Christ and, and the grumbling that went on was the pride of life. God, I need it better than it is that we grumbled like they do. But we see these temptations go over and over and over and over and over and over through the Bible. Well, guys, it's going over and over and over through our lives. But what the Lord's putting on my heart today is we need to realize this and we need to press in to him more than ever and be beyond our temptations, be above our temptations. So as we go through these things here today, you know, what is the lust of the flesh? The lust of the flesh is the temptation to feel the physical pleasure from some sinful activity. Uh, to do something to make the flesh feel satisfied. Any sinful activity that would bring pleasure to the body. So sins like sexual immorality, gossip, physical violence, drug use, 
the marijuana, the pills, the cocaine, the alcohol. But guys, we can even take it further through Galatians chapter 5 when Paul said the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will inherit the kingdom, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So these were the lusts of the flesh, the, the ways that Satan attacks the believer. What about the lust of the eyes? The lust of the eyes is the temptation to look upon things we shouldn't look upon or to have things we shouldn't have. Uh, for example, the 10th commandment says, thou shalt not covet. Well, in the scripture today, 1 Corinthians 10, 6, Paul warns don't crave evil things as they did. Uh, covet means to have a yearning, a strong desire to have something that belongs to somebody else. To crave means to have a powerful desire for something we don't have. And so Paul's still warning us over and over of the same things. So what could examples of lust of the eyes be? But maybe pornograph or design other material possessions? But the thing that I think the Lord showed me that we battle with too much is our status and our appearance, how we appear to the world. And the pressure to, to be of a high status and to, to be of a, a, a great appearance to the world. And we get caught up into those things. But the desires of the, of the eyes we see in 2 Samuel 11, 2, whenever uh, David looked upon Bathsheba. The word said, and from the roof he saw the lust of the eyes and the woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. And so we can see with that temptation, the lust of the eyes, when he saw Bathsheba, instead of dealing with it and going beyond his temptation, that he continued to participate in the temptation until it did have him. And so the lust of the eyes we need to guard against, and then the pride of life. The pride of life is a sinful temptation for excuses, uh, greatness, or power that we feel the temptation to attain. In other words, we want to be this or we want to be that. I was reading here and, and it talked about Lucifer, that how he was a beautiful angel, and then how the pride of life turned him into Satan, the adversary. And you read from Isaiah 14, 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. And so Satan fell into the pride of life. And that's what he is today because of it is Satan, the adversary. Pride is desiring to get credit for glory for things that others did. Uh, I was working on this sermon uh, Thursday or Friday, whenever it was in, in the conference. I think it was Friday when this happened in the conference had emailed me and they wanted some statistics. And it was a last minute thing. And I knew they knew everybody was going home and they had to have it by Monday. And they really put us out. And, and so I uh, called Norma and we, she got the numbers together and she did all the work. But when I attached it back to the conference, I attached it for me. And the Lord checked my spirit on that. He said, is that pride in you? Did you want them to think you did all the work? And I got to checking myself that, that many times we try to take credit 
for what other people do so that they lift us up. Oh, he really put himself out. Look what he did here. And that's pride. And I'm trying to show you guys the simplest things today, but maybe some bigger things that, that, that we can't maybe relate to. But desiring for others to worship us or hold us in excess esteem is, is just the pride. And it's something that we need to stay away from. Desiring to feel valued or more important than others around us. Desiring to have position or power over others in a way that puffs up our ego for the sake of bragging rights. And again, I told you guys and I shared a lot of times that, that when I worked back at my old job at Freeman, the, the position worked your ego. People had to respect, respect the position and if they didn't, they got in trouble. And it begins to work your ego, uh, ego, and I have constantly battled the ego of the position. But I can tell you, you'll find out real quick how much people value you when you walk away. When you're not there anymore, do they call you or, or, or let you know that you're missed? Well, if they don't, they're probably honoring your position. And so anyway, we look at all these things, this boldness or this, this pride of life that we battle. Uh, last week, and this is what I was really wanting to preach on this week, and the Lord kept taking me away, but this statement that was said last week, you may get by on your own strength. You may get by on your own money, but there will be a day when you'll be forced to depend on the king. Who is the king? You know, when we're trusting in our own strength, when we're trusting in our own monies, when we're trusting in everything but God, we're in a dangerous place to be. And I'm not telling you you shouldn't uh, crave to be successful. You shouldn't crave to do these things. But we need to watch pride. The other thing the Lord put on my heart today is that earthly success is not a sign of God's approval. If you think that, that may just be your ego. And again, I want to be careful with that because I believe the Lord prospers and blesses his people that follow him. And I believe the Lord has blessed me and, and prospered me in many ways. But if we think that is a sign of God's approval, we're mistaken. The sign of God's approval is that he just plain loves us no matter what we do. God loved me when I was a sinner. God loved me when I was the worst of the worst. And, and, and that's a sign of his approval that he sent his son for me. It's nothing that I've done. That's ego. So we see Paul is warning the believer. We have the same cravings. We have the same desires. And he's warning us, as Moses warned his people, to number one, be on your guard against them. Today, as we were talking, could you relate to anything I said of lust of the eyes? Or could you relate to anything I said about lust of the flesh, the pride of life, in a way that maybe you need to work in one of those areas? The Lord shared something else with me this week as I shared at staff. As someone has said, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting the tomato in a fruit salad. God has given us things today 
God has given us knowledge through His Word, through Psalms, uh, through things said today. He's given us a knowledge of Him. Wisdom is putting it into place in our life. So whenever Paul is warning us and we are guarding ourselves against these things that when the Holy Spirit reveals us to him, the knowledge that, hey, you're struggling with this is having the wisdom to do something about it. And that's what we need to do as believers today. The second thing is, again, be beyond temptation. Our trials and temptations should not hinder but strengthen our relationship with God. Jesus' temptation strengthened him so much that Satan departed from him for an opportune time, Luke 4.13 tells us. In other words, Jesus stood so strong under the same temptations that we go through, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, Jesus went through them too, but he stood so, so strong that Satan left him because he wasn't doing any good with him. Beyond temptation. But it, even more than that, if you jump down to verse 14, Luke 4, 14, Jesus went in the, out in the power of the Holy Ghost. It said, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. Now this pumps me up. Guys, this ought to pump us up today. We should be so far beyond our temptation that, that when Satan attacks us and tempts us, we count it as a pure joy, as Teresa said about. And we press into God and we said, God, move upon me. And Satan sees the strength and power of God in our life to the point he leaves for an opportune time. And as a result of it, we're filled with the Holy Ghost and signs and wonders are following us. Man, I hoped I got more amens out of that one. I'm not telling you that you're going to have difficult, not going to have the, the hard times and the, the cries and the, the different things, but, but don't let them bring you down. I'm not saying that you're not going to say, man, what's going on with me? Guys, I don't, I'm trying to hide it well, but I'm, 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 old Satan's attacking me through sickness right now. I've been fighting, fighting the flu since Friday and I'm not going to give in to it. And, and, and it's easy to say, you know, I've been tempted to not give this word today and stay home and accept the sickness when, when the Lord, when I can go to the Lord and say, Lord, move upon me. And, and the Satan will see that I'm going to go ahead and press through. And so he's going to back off, in which I feel 100% better. This service, first service, I really struggled. And I feel 100% better this, this time around. But I'm believing in signs and wonders to follow. Now, again, I could have said, and I did, Lord, this is an important day today, and, and I've got to preach these several times today. Why did this happen? I'm not going to tell you that them thoughts don't go through my mind. But we press into the Lord and realize that Christ will help us overcome anything. And that he loves us. And we look forward as an opportunity to go to our Lord and say, move on me. And Father, I want your power and your demonstration to follow me. Beyond temptation. We're going to battle temptation all of our lives. Again, we're back in Luke 14. And Satan departed him, Christ, until an opportune time. Which means 
that, Christ, that Satan came back against Jesus later on. Another opportune time that Satan found to attack Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane in John 14, 30. The scripture said in Jesus' own words, I, ha- I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches and he has no power over me. And so we can see in that scripture and many others, I believe, that where Satan came back at other opportune times trying to get at Jesus through temptations and trials. I think about the Pharisees and Sadducees whenever they said they tried to entangle him. How many times you read in the scripture when they tried to entangle Jesus, tried to catch Jesus? That was trials and temptations. I look at other times where priests and rulers would oppose him. You know, I look at times when his own people would oppose him and, and, and Judas and, and, and Peter and all those ones that were beside him that, that there had to have been times that they didn't tempt him as well. But Christ was beyond temptation. We need to realize that we're going to battle these temptations. They're going to be around, but it doesn't become sin until we give in to them. It doesn't become sin until they rule our life. But again, as Christ, we should look at them as opportunities to press into the Lord and allow the Lord's Holy Spirit to move on our lives and see the signs and wonders that follow. And that's what usually happens when we're going through a difficult time. Yeah, it may be crunch time. It may be heavy. We may not be feeling it. We may not be seeing it. But in the end... We see the powerful move of the Lord in our lives. So another one that, I'm, again, I'm just kind of pot-shotting here on some thoughts the Lord gave me. But so when tempted, why do we blame God? It's so easy for the Christian and the believer to blame God when something doesn't go right. When the, the, the word is clear, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy... So any bad things from Satan, but Christ came to give us life and give it more abundantly. So the good things come from God. The good things from, come from Christ. So why do we blame God? Why do we say, God, why do you do this to me? The scripture says in James 1.13, God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone. That's the scripture, guys. That myth that we've been raised with, that, that we carry this heavy load and this heavy burden is a myth. That, oh, I've got to carry my crosses. And i got to, you know, come on. The word's very clear. God is never tempted to do wrong. So if he's not tempted to do wrong, he can't put wrong on you. And then the word goes on to say, and he never tempts anyone. So as I kind of look at all these things, and it's a big pill to swallow. Because there's so many things that hit our lives, and and I'm asking you, and God's asking you to realize where it comes from. And to press into him. Even Friday and Thursday, 
You know what I had the hardest time not giving into this week? It was the federal student loans. I called on my federal student loan that, that I've been paying on, and I think I owe more money than when I started. And it just aggravates the tar out of me, and, and I thought I was handling myself pretty good until the lady hung up on me. I didn't say any bad words. I just was grinding and asking questions, and I don't think she could answer. But, but was my attitude right in this temptation? And I'm trying to give you just basic things. You know, we, we always think that, that the temptations we get, sexual immorality. How many of you had committed sexual immorality last night? You want to raise your hand? You might want to, you know. But, but how many of us got mad at somebody through a temptation? It's the same thing, sin, sin. I think I already said it, but when Satan sees he has no effect in that area, he'll move on for another opportunity. So he'll look for another weakness in your, in your armor. And it may be your children. It may be your spouse. It may be uh, the church. It, it, there, there, there will always be something that Satan will try to be working you at. And again, I'm not giving glory to him. I'm giving glory to God today because we need to be beyond these temptations. These temptations that, that shouldn't affect whether I come to church here or whether I, my calling. It shouldn't affect my calling, but so many times we allow temptations to affect our calling. Oh, it's just gotten so heavy, i got to quit. That's what Satan wanted. He wanted it so heavy that you would quit. When we get beyond, he'll leave us alone and look for another way to get in. And he'll, but we're going to win every time. So how to overcome temptation? And again, I'm going to share this now, but Genesis 3.15. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his feet. When, When Adam and Eve ate the apple, God immediately prophesied about redemption, Christ. This is the first scripture ever recorded about the, the, the pointing to the cross. And it said right there, Satan's going to try to tempt him and bring him down, but he'll just nip his feet. In other words, Satan's under his feet. And we need to realize that Satan is under Jesus' feet. It was fulfilled at the cross. And because we're children of God, he is under our feet. So any temptation that he comes against us with, God's going to be there with us and bring us through. So, one, remember God is faithful. The temptations of your life are no different from what others have experienced, and God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 15. Realize the victory is yours. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. James 1, 12. Fight against Satan. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. James 4, 7. Place your situation... Place yourself in situations to be successful. Paul said in Galatians 5.16, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not gratify the lust of the flesh. And then I'm going to plug RPWF because we're getting ready to do it the month of April. We're going to meet here on Wednesday nights and we're going to dive into the word. We're going to dive into prayer. We're going to dive into fasting and, and the Sabbath and establishing ourselves in these things. And then the other is be wise. 
And again, I shared with you earlier, as someone has said, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not, is not putting the tomato in the fruit salad. We need to know to be wise and to, to use the knowledge that God has given us and to apply it to our situations. Now, guys, if you're like me, you're going to make mistakes. And so when we fall to temptation or, or mess up and we ate the cheese balls, you guys doing good on the cheese balls? You guys ate them yet? Where's the cheese balls at? I'm not seeing any of them. You still got them? All right. But when you give in and, and sometimes we make mistakes, we need to realize God loves us. And Jennifer's song ought to remind you of that beautiful song today that she sang. We need to, to second, define the cause. In other words, what caused us to, to fail to this? And really look at our lives because a lot of times we just brush it off. But what brought you into that? Well, did I watch the TV show and this TV show put this thought? I mean, really search it out. James 4.2 says you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take away from them. Yet you do not have what you want because you simply don't ask God. And so we need to, to define and press in and see what it was, what was driving us, and start going to God with this instead of pursuing that. We need to run to Jesus. Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize, that who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Confess your sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and deliver us from all unrighteousness. Some versions say, uh, or I said, this says cleanse behind me, but, but the one I just quoted by memory says deliver. God will deliver you of that or you don't fall to it again. And the reason I th- I'm going over this part today is a lot of you think you're trapped in your temptation. I keep failing, Pastor, over and over and over. Man, when I gave my life to the Lord, the beer went, the the the... A lot of junk went, but there's a couple things that took me about a year to get over. And it really weighs on you when you keep giving in to them and you know the Lord told you not to do it. And, and you're like, why did this one go so easy and why did this one not go, Lord? But even today, when, the, when you're battling things and you know the Lord's told you not to do it and you just keep stumbling into it, we don't understand why. But we need to pr- keep pressing into Him because he will deliver us. So walk in your forgiveness. My children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So don't let Satan defeat you by thinking you're a worthless sinner and you keep screwing up and you keep making mistakes. You're never going to overcome this temptation. Say that's a lie and you press into him because you can. He's already took care of it on the cross. We just need to go through these steps, realize God loves us, define the cause, run to Jesus, confess, walk in forgiveness, and remember the last thing, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? The praise team will come forward today. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's number one. We need to do that.
But, but if you're here today and you're drifted from God and you need to give your life back to Him, that's important too. But I, I know the Lord gave me this sermon today because I was wanting to do two different other things and it had been much easier to do. But the Lord kept pressing this on my heart. And, and I needed to be obedient. And, and anyway, through the obedience, I believe God's ministered to people here today. And so what is the temptation that maybe you struggle with? Or maybe you struggle with being able to forgive yourself. You know, I, I, I've put a lot out there to you today. And I don't want to sit there and, and go back through every point that I made today. But I believe the Lord has spoke to each and every one of you in here today. And if by faith we step out, he will be faithful. And that's what we preached on last week. That when we step out in faith in what God calls us to do, he will always be faithful. And so I challenge you in the areas that the Holy Spirit's been ministering to you today, that you would take a time to step out to him in faith and lay it before him and work through that. Because again, God wants us to be be beyond temptation. We should be beyond temptation. Temptation should not control us or rule over us. We should count it as a pure joy when something happens to us. I know, guys, I'm still working on this. And be like Christ, that we stand so strong that Satan backs away to look for another opportunity. And then we go out under such an anointing of the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders are following us because of the way we acted. You ever think about that? That's what being beyond means. Beyond means what Satan throws at it. God works for his glory. And man, signs and wonders are going to follow us when we follow him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. Father, we've heard your word. And Father, I just ask that you minister to the body today that we are step out in our faith. Lord, that we'd step out and allow you to minister to us in whatever way that you wanted to today. In Jesus' name, amen.